This is your daily real estate syndication show, and I am your host, Whitney Sewell. Today is a highlight show that's packed with value from different guests around a specific topic. Don't forget to like and subscribe, but also go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up to start investing in real estate today. I hope you enjoy the show. Our guest is Andrew Greer. Thanks for being on the show, Andrew. Yeah, thanks for having me on today. We've had a few guests talk about that, but I'd love for you, it's been a little bit, and I'd love for you to you know, elaborate on what that is, and then let's get into you know, some of the limitations that you referred to earlier as well. Yeah, yeah. So uh, qualified opportunity zones are only the coolest thing that's ever happened in real estate, in my opinion. <laughs> so it's essentially, there's about 8,700 census districts out there that are labeled as qualified opportunity zones. Meaning that if investors come in and invest capital gains, either from short-term capital gains or long-term capital gains, they can develop these properties and receive tax benefits that turn out phenomenal. So the first benefit is if you hold it for five years, you receive a 10% reduction in your basis on your actual taxes. Oh, mind you, you're deferred the whole time that you're in there too thus far. Year seven it drops by 15%. Now, there is a hard date right now, December 31st, 2026, where you have to pay your taxes that have been deferred. But at this point, you would have reduced 15% off of your actual tax basis. Pay that off. After holding it till year 10 and past, any appreciation, any profit over that is 100% tax free. So it is a 100% tax-free. You don't have to sell at year 10. You have until 2046 to sell, but you're, you're basically sitting there. You're going to get all of your principal and all of your profit back out of the project whenever you sell it. And it's just a huge home run. One of the limitations is that you have to increase the basis of the property. So essentially any of the improvement value on the property by 100%. That's why it lends itself greatly to developers to go in and develop these projects because you have to meet that demand and you have to meet that demand by month 31 of owning the project. I can give you a ton of exemptions on how you get around that, but that's the general idea. (laughs) So the rule is by month 31, but you're saying there's exceptions, I guess. Yeah. So if you got held up on permitting, you can do a municipality exemption and they'll allow you to do it. As long as you're going on that path, you're going to be able to get past it. Okay. Okay. So you have to increase the basis by a hundred percent. You know, how hard is that to do? It's not that easy. So generally a lot of our projects are going to have a basis of around a million to two and a half million. So we have to have construction of essentially a million to two and a half million more on the property. We've also seen now that they're going to allow our permit fees, our consulting fees, and all of that to actually go towards that value. So in California, that makes it a lot cheaper because our permit fees and our consultant fees on this project are over a million dollars. Wow. So it doesn't kill the deal because of that. It actually makes it easier. And there's just no way to get around that in San Diego paying those fees. They take their money every single time. (laughs) So that's why it's so nice. (laughs) 
it. I was just thinking about that. Having to be 100% basis increases by month 31. And I mean, you're, you're going to have to have your ducks in a row to be able to make that happen. I would imagine you all are like, you know, your game plan, you know, who your contractor is going to be, you know, exactly what I mean, pretty quickly. So you can get this ball rolling. And is there any kind of, I guess, pushback as far as, you know, I mean, not being able to get it done or what's going to happen if you don't get it done? Or is there, you know, is the city coming and saying, oh, wait a minute, it doesn't look like this is going to happen like you all thought or, you know, how closely monitored are some of those things? So it's, it's all self-reported through the IRS right now. Okay. So with the exemptions and everything that's in there, if you can show, and this, no one's been through it yet because this hasn't even been around for 30 months. Right. So no one's even run into the issue. So we'll really find out. If you're going down that path, the way we all understand it is that they will give you the exemption. The other thing too that's nice at the 30 months, you don't have to be completed. You just have to have spent that much. Okay. So it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. Actually, a lot of it easier because <laughs> it's essentially impossible to do that with most of our projects. Yeah. So to be actually done, guaranteed done, the word guaranteed doesn't exist in my vocabulary. Our guest is Matthew Ryan. Thanks for being on the show, Matthew. It's my pleasure. Yeah, Matt's experience spans 10 years as an entrepreneur, launching his first company out of the recession in 2009 to capitalize on the growing opportunities in energy efficient and green building within the construction sector, pivoting to real estate after making his first investment project in 2013. Matt has compiled a 30% IRR on all investment projects while building a personal portfolio worth over $2 million, handling all facets of the transaction and the broker, property manager, Management, general contractor, all while positioning Revive to become the market leader in community revitalization efforts. So, Matt, thanks again for just being on the show and providing your experience and expertise. I'm looking forward to this. And, you know, give the listeners just a little more about possibly your background and, and what your focus is right now. Yeah. So, uh, you know, reiterating construction, energy efficiency, and green building was an exciting part of my career being trained in this field of building science, which was very much how, you know, comfort, air quality, energy efficiency, durability of structures. It was, it was a great experience and, and, you know, what I enjoyed in contracting. And obviously I saw an opportunity to take that knowledge and expertise and relay it, parlay it into, into real estate investing. And right now, Revive is focused on an opportunity zone fund that we formulated we're looking to capitalize on the momentum and co-living projects in the multifamily sector. So our focus in the East Bay market in Oakland, as well as parts of San Jose. And yeah, we're rounding out our capital raise right now, getting ready to place the capital that we, that we raised in the first quarter and looking to raise some more in the second quarter. So let's go into that a little bit. You said that you're focused on the Opportunity Zone Fund. Is that right? Yeah, so opportunity zones, qualified opportunity zones, a lot of different names for it, but it was under the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. It was a provision in the tax code that's created, you know, a pretty substantial tax deferral strategy, very similar to 1031 exchange. Okay, and so give us some benefits of, you know, maybe why we should be looking into opportunity zones and why that's important. And then let's go into some more details of kind of the process that you're going through right now. Yeah, of course. So specifically investors who have a large capital gain, right? And it happens all the time in real estate. You've got a large paper you know, equity that you're sitting on, substantial profit that you're sitting on. What do you do, right? Like you see the questions on bigger pockets. Everyone's who's been in real estate, get, hopefully gets to that point. But 1031 exchange, have you completed one before? 
No, I have not. Okay. So it's really kind of tough. You have 45 days to identify three assets and you have to close on one of those three in 180 days, right? With opportunity zones, you've got a little bit more flexibility. You got 180 days to place your money, that capital gain into a qualified opportunity fund. Okay. The qualified opportunity fund then has to go out, purchase the asset and make substantial improvements. There's a substantial improvement clause in there within 30 months. And so the way that the substantial improvement clause works, you buy a property for a million bucks and you assign excuse me, $600,000 to the building, full $400,000 to the land. You need to improve that building by $600,000. Once you do that, you defer your original capital gain up until the year 2026. And there's what they call a step-down basis. So it's, it can get a little technical at this point. I'll do it very quickly. Let's say you had a $100,000 gain that you deferred into an investment. In 2026, you would pay only 85% of the original tax that you would be obligated to had you not rolled it into a qualified opportunity fund. Okay. You would only pay how much? You would only you'd pay 15% less oh, wow. of your okay. original tax liability. Okay, so your $100,000 investment, let's just say you owe $28,000 on that, your tax liability would be, you'd only be taxed on $85,000 as opposed to $100,000. Okay, and the other benefit is really at the exit, because if you keep the investment in the Opportunity Zone investment or fund for 10 years, you pay zero capital gains at exit. So it's not like a 1031 where you have to keep rolling over, right? You're still kind of you know, trying to avoid that gain with a 1031 and eventually the government's going to get, <laughs> they're going to get their money. The benefit is once you leave after the 10 year period and opportunities and investment, you pay zero capital gains on that new appreciation. So it is a deferral as well as a, well, zero tax on the gain of that new investment. So it's got a little bit more flexibility, obviously a better tax benefit than 1031, but you know, it does come with risk. So these census tracts are, you know, they've been designated as distressed areas. But I think if you if you Google opportunity zones and you look at some of those in your state, you know, some of these are in areas that, you know, are already prominent up and coming areas. So how do we find an opportunity zone or how do we know that that's something we should be pursuing or is it something everybody should be pursuing? Yeah, for one, the substantial improvement clause is going to, it's going to take a lot of your value add guys out. Right. So I know a lot of syndicators are focused on value add. You know, you got to hit that substantial improvement. So you're looking at very heavy capital infusion projects or drown up development. So that's, you know, those are kind of the two key things to understand. When you say the value add guys, like, you mean, like if we're looking to come in and put, you know, say $5,000 a unit in to do a value add, that, that's not going to be near enough. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you're going to have a really tough time, you know, hitting that $600,000 on that million dollar project, right? Yes. You're going to have to spend a lot of money per door. So yeah, it really kind of takes it out. They're really looking, you know, the intent of the program was job creation. So, you know, development projects, typically, you know, they're going to yield more jobs. And, And so that's kind of... That is the intent. And that's why they had the substantial improvement clause. So the development piece plays are going to make the most sense. Again, heavy gut rehabs. Those are the ones that, or maybe you've got a multifamily project that you've got a portion that you can develop. You know, you can, you've got some vacant land. Those also work well. So it is a little restrictive as far as the type of investments you can make. But yeah, and as far as getting involved, Google and just Google opportunity zones, your state, Pretty much every state now has their own mapping tool. So you can take an address and look to see if it's an opportunity zone. 
Nice. And so then, then we can focus on that area and try to find distressed properties, vacant land, something in that area. Yep. That's a very common, and you know, any, I know a lot of people use various tools, CoStar, Prospect Now. I know CoStar has an overlap tool for opportunity zones, you know, map overlay. I mean, there's been at least two or three new software launches that I've seen in the marketplace, people coming in with these tools. I still say find the free one, <laughs> go to Google, go to your state you know, website. And, and you more likely be able to find something for sure. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share it with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day.